Welcome to Ben Navarra's podcast with your host, Ben Navarra's. Howdy. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. Today is a beautiful Friday, and I thank you for joining and tuning in yet again. So thank you guys again for all the support that you guys have offered me or offered the podcast and offered our guests these last several months uh, to the last year. I mean, last, yeah, about, about year and a half now, two years that we've started and it's been a, been a fun journey and a lot of learning. So I thank each and every single one of you for constantly tuning in. Make sure if you're not already, go ahead and click the like, the subscribe, the follow button, wherever you are on this, preferably on YouTube, give it a like, give it a follow, give it a subscribe, um, share it with a friend, share it with two friends, share it with your entire contact list. The more, the merrier. Thank you. And I am excited for today's discussion. We prepared quite a little bit today to go over. So uh, I will refer back to my handy dandy little notebook here and we will have some topics of discussion uh, throughout our podcast today. So again, make sure you like, follow, subscribe, go check out some of the other of the other other episodes and join the community. We look forward to having you and continuously learning and hopefully disseminating some good content that you can continuously learn from. So here we go. Let's get thinking about some stuff or I've been thinking about some stuff. So let's go ahead and talk about it. So the other day I was listening to Rick Rubin and Andrew Huberman on their most recent podcast. And part of the reason that I'm motivated to current to record today and to do more of these solo episodes was because of this podcast or this episode. So they mentioned the beginnings of Andrew's podcast and the beginnings were in a closet with a small mic and no camera, right? And what it did for me was a reminder that I don't need all the fancy stuff in the moment. I'm, I'm looking around the room and trying to figure out how I can create the best possible product. So I want to get all of it right. Uh, the right cameras, the right lighting, the right mics, the right employees or contractors that I can help bring in so that we have a better dissemination of information, right? How can I put things together in a way that are going to be visually appealing and uh, appealing to the, to the ear, right? Auditory as well. And it was a good reminder that I don't need all the fancy stuff right now. And even then, I have a lot of really nice stuff. I have more than what I need. You know, or I have exactly what I need. And it's just sitting right in front of me. And it's one excuse or the other to know I need the new camera. I need the new program, not really a program, but you know, it's, it's always, I, I need something else that isn't allowing me to move forward today. But the truth of the reality is that it's all sitting right in front of me. I am just not in a headspace that allows me to believe that I can do it right now, today. Understanding what that is. Sometimes it's not that big of a deal, right? We can look into things and make them, well, it's because of my childhood and what, 
Sure, maybe. But try not to overcomplicate things. And instead, it's in front of me. I have a choice. I can either decide to record or I can decide to make more excuses. The more that I do this, the more that we do anything, the better we get at it. Little bits at a time. The first time we lift a barbell. The first time we step into a gym and maybe just use equipment for the first time. Then finally taking the next step to add a little bit extra weight, add a little bit extra volume. And by the time you know it, you've written your own linear periodization program. You don't know that that's what that is, but you've created yourself a plan. Not only that, but you have a better understanding of who you are and what's going to get you inside of the gym or get you to do the next thing. I like coffee. That for me is an additive for this to exist. So I make myself an espresso and I sit here and enjoy my time just that much more. So I'm going to make sure that all the other little things around me allow for me to be motivated or to be so that motivation isn't like a powerful, you know, driver. It's just, this is who I am. I've created this environment that allows me to be the best version of me. And allows me to create the best product that I can make. That can be a podcast. That can be, if you build houses, I used to be in real estate. So that's why I go there. Build houses build, I don't know, I, you know, jewelry, whatever it is, your thing is, what is everything else around it that fuels you? Cause it's not just doing that thing. Cause it's not that simple. Sometimes I guess maybe it is, but the more items that we can put together that allow for that dopamine hit to exist, the more likely we're going to stick in that habit. So it's not just finicking around with a jewelry thing. It's not just going to lift weights. It's being able to listen to music. It's the drive. It's all these other little things, buying new stuff that is going to benefit me, that's a new toy, that's a new instrument, that's a new etc. that ingrains the ultimate goal that I'm shooting for, the gym. I like community. So what am I going to do? I'm going to find a gym or sport or whatever that may be that allows for that. But I also really like competing alone. So how can I find both of those things? Really? There's a lot, right? There's, there's a lot of options here. So then what's nearby? I don't really want to drive, right? That isn't. I don't want to drive too far. So then I can find myself at a local, uh, for some people, it's a powerlifting gym. For me right now, it's Camp Rhino here in Las Vegas. It gives me the time to, you know, it's 15 minutes away, if that. And a pretty good community. I've met some really nice people. Good coaching, good programming. All of those things. The coaching, the programming, they carry some value. For other people, it's going to carry more than others. For me, that's just not what I value. 
I value the community aspect of it. I value the convenience of location. I value the level of success that's within that community. All of these other aspects that I want to be around because I want to make sure that I am my best self. And that I'm motivated to show up four or five times a week. It matters. All the other little things matter. You know, with addicts, they usually combine things, right? It's not just the drug. It's not just um, the smoking weed or it's not just the drinking. It's also the texture, right? The, the smell, the flavor, the, um, the feeling, the, the convenience of going out with friends, um, the social lubricant, the confidence, all these other things that are firing all at the same time that are ultimately ingraining the use of alcohol. And for some, that's manageable, and for others, it's not. And that's the difference between you know, in, enjoyment of a, of a couple of beverages and time out or alcoholism. So if there's something that you're wanting to do in your life, then what are the other things around that thing that are going to motivate you to do it? What are the other things that you enjoy? Is it the lighting? Do you find enjoyment in... The accessories, whatever it is, at the end of the day, if it gets you doing the thing that you ultimately want to accomplish, you're winning. You're on the right track. And then along that road, you will learn so much more about the craft itself that you become an expert in that craft. It takes years, takes time. But that time is worth it. It's what you wanted to do in the first place. So, let's get after it. That leads me to a lot of different points. I, I've talked about you know several different things that I already wanted to, that I have notes on. We're going to get comfortable. So, let's go. So, ultimately, to sum all that up, if Andrew Huberman can create the Huberman Lab out of his closet, then you can do anything with what you have in your current house, what you have access to in your hands, on your phone. It's there. It's there for you. The thing that I want, another thing that I want to talk about was personal training, strength training, personal training. I love this industry because I think it creates a lot of Opportunity. Now, I also have a lot of frustrations with the industry. So this is for coaches. This is for clients. This is for, you know, athletes. This fits the bill for all of, all of us that have ever been in coaching, have ever used coaching, have ever thought about coaching. Personal training is a very large sect with very many with many niches within it we have group classes we have one-on-ones we have EMS style training we have powerlifting corrective exercise manual therapy Personal training, because of its style of regulation, or the lack thereof, gives practitioners the ability to practice 
any which way they see fit in a large range of items. I remember thinking about going to physical therapy school. My uncle's a physical therapist. Kind of got to see a little bit of what they did. And it was very restricted. It didn't really seem like he could do much with his population. Now, I don't know that this is true for all physical therapists. It's just what I experienced. And if I'm going to be working through insurance, billing insurance, trying to go through hospitals, trying to help with rehab, there's only my, my hands are my, my hands are tied. There's a lot of what I can and can't bill for. And I wasn't a very big fan of that idea. I liked building a relationship with an individual that was going to allow them to have a successful fitness journey. And fitness is different for a, a lot of people. Some people just want to run faster. Some people want to move better. Some people just want to be stronger. Some people don't really know what they want. Maybe they just want to lose weight. They want to tone. Um, they, they're unguided. They just know they want to be better. They just don't know what better necessarily is. So as a practitioner, it's our job to educate a population how fitness works expose them to different areas within the gym that could be cables that could be bodybuilding stuff that can be dumbbells kettlebells barbell movements dynamic movements uh, static movements lateral movements unilateral movements we have bilateral movements um and then we have variations of all of those items. It's overwhelming. It's a lot of stuff. And then what happens when I get injured? Well, I need mobility. I need flexibility. I need, maybe I'm going to start working with some, some cars, um, right? So I need to learn what cars are. There's a lot. Cardiovascular, how often should I run? How often should I walk? Do I do the elliptical? Do I do the rower? It's overwhelming. So we keep it simple. What do you want to do? You know? And then what do you specialize at? As a athlete or as a client, what do I want to do? Do you want to learn how to do dumbbells and kettlebells? Well, no, not really. Okay, well, think more big picture. Not necessarily getting getting to the big picture, I think root is the goal, right? I want to be able to be 70 and not worry about a fractured hip because my mom had one or my grandma had one or whatever it may be. My aunt, a friend, we all have people in our lives that, it's a common fault. I just don't want to get fat. Cool. It's not that complicated. It doesn't need to be that complicated. I believe that strength training is the most important thing that we have. I'm going to come back a little bit. So because of the restriction that physical therapist had, I knew that I didn't want to go into that field or I figured I didn't want to go into that field. I just knew that I could bring pieces of what they offer in terms of prehab and rehab. And then what I learned as a power lifter and getting strong and how to program over long periods of time that allows me to perform consistently and at a high level and also the benefits of having just daily movement. Not everyone's going to compete, but everyone wants to do this for a long time. So we need the prehab and rehab. We need strength training because we know that it's going to build bigger bones, right? I want nice, dense bones so that when I'm 
80 years old, I'm not breaking something and then not able to recover from it, or I don't have the strength in supporting tissue from that break. If I end up breaking something in a car accident or some sort of wild happenstance that allows me to recover faster and better perform better, go be able to go under surgery and not have to worry about, um, you know, what my recovery time is going to look like. It's going to take me years to start walking again. It's going to take me months. It's going to take me weeks. You know, it depends on the surgery, obviously, and the severity of the, of the injury, but in the complexity of the injury, I guess, um, injuries, But if I can prepare myself now today for all those beautiful preventions, combining these things and understanding the long-term goal of both athletes, general population, yeah, those two items, and then take Maybe the slower approach that a, I think all, that physical therapists take and combine it with the intensity that an athlete has, I can create and influence the lives of not just my clients, but their families and their friends and their clients, their business partners. Everyone around them benefits just because they're in the gym because they're strength training. Strength training is the answer. It's not the only answer, but damn, it is the foundation. It is a foundational skill for all movement. It is a foundation for stability. It is a foundation for power output, explosive power. If I have a skill and maybe that's um, a lateral run, I know how to move myself in the lateral direction. Great. We have some, probably some, maybe not fast, right? But I know how to walk laterally. I elevate that by adding some speed to it. Maybe I'm now I'm jogging, right? So now I'm, I'm putting more strain on my body, more requirements on my body, which is going to be impacting my ability to create ground reaction force, which if I have more strength, then I can create more force. Now I'm moving faster. But now I'm also stressing those joints. So my supporting tissue now needs to be stronger to put myself into those positions and to and not and reduce my risk of injury. So if I don't have strength, then I can't produce power, then I don't have skill. And I understand I can have, I can have this skill. I can know how, how to jump. I'm not going to jump very high. That's no, it's not applicable. It's not sure. So what, you know how to, you know how to jump, but I need you to be able to get up off the ground and move well. So I think strength training is the answer without strength. There is no power and therefore no skill. An item that has always been very frustrating is learning is learning. Where do I get my information? And then as an, as a client, how do I choose the right personal trainer? So one thing at a time. 
education in our field is vast. Everybody knows something. Everybody knows and has like a specialty in XYZ. Honestly, I think it's a bunch of bullshit. I think that people phrase things different ways that communicate the same reality. You know, there's, we have, let's go like with NASM, uh, the National Association Association of Sports Medicine. We have the National Council on Strength, NS, the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Those are probably two of the biggest ones. The NCSF, or sorry, the NSCA, NASM. ACE, ACE. Mm, there's probably a bunch of others. I mean, there are a bunch of others. And then there's sub, you know, categories of all these other things. Um, you can get kettlebell certifications. You can get weightlifting certifications, powerlifting certifications. And... I found that between different governing bodies, there were minute differences between this certification and that one. A NASM certification might say hypertrophy is best done in, um, let's say, 60 to 80% range of one rep max. But then the NSCA says, well, we think it's 55 to 85%. Those aren't direct quotes. I'm just saying how, how nuanced this can become. So I'm in, a, I'm in a setting with a client. I can choose either a 55%, a 60%, an 80%, or an 85%. Right? Technically, they're all correct in someone's brain. And they all have different rationales behind them, different time under tension loads, different working sets, eight sets or four sets of eights. Is it five sets of eight? Is it four sets of 15, right? If we ask a bodybuilder, I know bodybuilders that do sets of 30. I know bodybuilders that do sets of five and six. Ronnie Coleman was a huge strength training guy, a lot of strength, lifting heavy weight. Not a lot of reps, though he definitely had also that component as well, and obviously the drug component as well. But the point is, it shouldn't be that hard. And everybody's body is a little different. Crazy. General ranges are probably... 8 to 12. But if I do sets of 5 with 5 second pauses, then it's going to make a or in shorter rest times, it's going to make a significant difference versus a maybe a more of a strength program. I'm looking for 2 to 3 minute rests with 3 to 6 reps. It is I think frustrating when first entering the world of personal training to learn that it is so fragmented and maybe that provides some value. And I don't know what that value is necessarily other than a money grab. I don't know. Everyone has different outlooks, I guess, right? So maybe the NSCA route is more, it is. The NSCA route is more performance-based. I'm working with collegiate athletes, professional athletes. I can apply those same concepts to a general 
population, but that's its focus, right? Uh, specifically the CSCS route, uh, the Certified Strength Conditioning Specialist, which is probably what it's, I think, in my opinion, best known for. And then we have the NASM route, which is probably for my, if I'm going to be working like in, in a geriatric population, I think a NASM is a, is a great place to be. Um, or even just more, a more clinical side of things and rather than out, like outside of the gym and more on the turf, if you will. So, or in, in, or on a, you know, in, in a clinical setting. So I have the, right now I'm doing the corrective exercise specialist, uh, certification and we'll see how that ends up panning out. I think my, my biggest thing for most trainers is to select anything and just stay educated because there's so much information and it's always changing. There's so much out there. It's hard to know what is what. And I know it's a large investment, but at the end of the day, you're going to pull out nuggets of things. Right. So if I'm a new trainer or a trainer who's wanting to get into more of a clinical setting, then maybe the NASM route's a good idea. If I'm a personal trainer who, or not even a personal trainer yet, but I want to get into the world of performance, then the NSCA is probably a good place to be. Now, obviously there's some crossover, right? I can have a NSCA personal training certification that'll probably be suited for, or there's some concepts will be able to be applied to the geriatric population or a clinical setting because prehab and rehab and strength training are still necessities for those populations. So we pick out these nuggets and I know that it's a lot of reading, a lot of time and we don't get paid for that time, but you, you, but we do, you know, long-term, long-term we do. It's, I'm going to learn about Sacramere's for the fifth time. And it's going to be phrased a slightly different way. And maybe this time I finally get it or maybe not. And it's all the same thing. And you just got to know what a Sacramere is, right? It's that, I mean, it's that simple, I think. So as I go through this new certification process, I'm not looking for life-changing realizations. I'm looking for the little nuggets that can be applied to my current clientele. Some new facts, maybe, will present themselves. Some new information will come into my face and be like, man, this is actually really cool. I'm going to use this. But for the 10th time I've read that sitting is resulting in diabetes and improper movement and increased risk of injury. We all know that now. Now, what are we going to do? I sometimes believe, especially for those that are coming out of maybe high school uh, or still in college, that some of the most valuable things that you can do is going to be joining a sport, a strength sport, weightlifting, powerlifting, maybe a track and field sport to really get an understanding of how to program, what it feels like to be under load, what it is to push, what it is to rest. How do we time these rests? How do yours, how does your personal body work? What do injuries feel like? And then what fixes them? If you start strength training more, does that create more power? Can you feel the difference? Are you putting yourself in positions where you were requiring that of your body? 
some of the most valuable information that I have ever received was the practical information of being in a sport. Just like earlier, we're talking about, you know, you start one thing and there's all these surrounding items that end up ingraining and validating why you do what you do. Powerlifting was that. Or even before that, it was just, oh, it was the gym, the gym in general, and then friends. And finally feeling like I had a a voice in an area that was valuable. I didn't like math. I didn't, I mean, I kind of did like math, but I didn't like uh, chemistry. I didn't like going to school and like doing homework, but I could tell you about the way that programming should be written by the time I was in like uh, freshman in high school. I'd already started reading T nation and all these other things that gave me this foundation that I use with my current clients today. But a lot of it was being around the gym that allowed me to find all these other things. So I kind of want a little bit of a rant, I guess, but Let's get back on track a little bit. So we talked about uh, the industry a little bit. Um, still some, there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about there. And I probably should just do a full um, episode on that guy in the future. And just what does it look, what is it, what is it to be in the private industry? And what is it to be in the commercial industry? And what are the difficulties that are associated with that? And I probably, well, I'll create some notes and go through that with either myself or maybe I get somebody on uh, that has also been in both uh, places and maybe somebody also from the, um, you know, I, I've never been a, uh, a strength coach at a university and we're looking to have on the UNLV strength conditioning uh, head coach come on here. So the university of Las Vegas, uh, we are planned for early January. So looking forward to that. Um, and we'll have a, a, her perspective uh, as well. And then um, we talked about the education, uh, the CES, which I'll give you guys more information here in the future about what matters in the field. I think it's experience. I think it's really um, getting out and volunteering and spending time with different people in the different sects around the career. So it's talking to physical therapists, it's talking to occupational therapists, it's talking to um, nutritionists, like certified uh, RDs would be good, uh, talking to people who are in research, getting all of these different people, all these different perspectives and applications, because ultimately I think as our responsibility, our opportunity that we have as personal trainers is to be able to apply all this information we can condense it and then i can apply it in a fun way that's manageable because at the end of the day my clients don't necessarily super care right they just want someone that they can trust that's going to give them the right workouts at the right time and keep them safe and also improve quality of life they don't care that peak power is usually found at 80%. They don't care about that. They don't need to care about that. That's not their job. It's my job. It's not their job to understand why we're going from a power movement to a strength movement to an isolation movement, right? Or an isolated tissue movement. It's not their job to understand why I'm including more unilateral movements maybe during some parts of our cycle versus others. It's not their job to know why I want them. <laughs> Sometimes it is like with food things. I think that's a little different. I think nutrition's um, requires different, but stuff in the gym, they don't need to know. I can communicate what I know and I can give them this information so that 
if they come in on their days off, which they should be doing their homework and all these things, then they understand why they're doing what they're doing. But it's, they don't need to know any of the science. They don't need to know any of the research. It's my job as the practitioner to be ahead of the game and pushing for my clientele. Why are we starting to do barbells eight weeks in? Why not week one? Right? It's being equipped whenever we do get the question of why am I doing it like this? Where should I be feeling this? Why are we doing more or less than last week? What are you seeing that I'm not? I think that's my job. I think that's our job as practitioners of the strength and conditioning craft or the personal training craft. Understanding when to utilize tools and when not to utilize tools. They're all just tools in the gym. We just have the best understanding of how to apply them and when to apply them and with who, with whom to apply them with. Strength training is the best. Everyone should do it. Do more of it. Get after it. Good job. Um, so I think a lot of us, even those who are clients, have a fear around those barbell movements, right? Like, I'm going to get hurt. I think is a common idea or I don't want to get big and bulky, which I think is dying, but I'm sure still exists. Uh, but especially with my older population and I'm talking about like 40 plus, just, you know, it, especially with those with no experience, I would say to go four years without barbell experience, I think is a long time. So, or weightlifting experience is, is a long time. I would say that's an older client. Um, especially because, you know, males peak performance is usually between like the ages of 27 and 33 uh, so it's just, I would, that, that's why I, I, I phrase it that way. Either way, there's a fear associated with the movements and how do we take somebody from being fearful of the movements to executing them well. And I think it comes down to educating someone why. And then whenever they see that applied in daily life, like doing a farmer's carry, I think it's a simple one. <laughs> it is always so cool. And they're like, I could carry my luggage. I didn't have to ask my son or daughter for help to pick up the, um, to pick the groceries. I, I carried the groceries in. I didn't have to, I think squats and deadlifts are a good one for, uh, I didn't have to ask anybody to help me carry the waters, you know, those big cases of water. Those are huge wins. And whenever you can start having somebody Notice those things outside of the gym when you're only doing dumbbell work or um, kettlebell work and then you start introducing some some barbell work. It's like, hey, you know, the the further we get into this, the more the complex the movement has to be right. We need to have an adequate amount of stimulus to create adaptation. And you're getting really good and really used to these things, which is awesome. And we can have some variation. We can have some change with maybe we're holding longer. Maybe we're doing more reps. Maybe we're combining it with a different exercise. Um, maybe we're doing going deep in our squats. Maybe we can only get to um, like a hundred and uh, I don't know, like a hundred and ten, hundred and fifteen degree angle. And now we're at a ninety. You know, like now now we're gonna drop below the ninety. We're gonna break ninety degrees of the knee. 
all these different variations or all these different um, stimuli increase adaptation or allow for adaptation. But we do get to a point where, okay, now my client is moving well, under load, out of load, bilateral, lateral movements, or unilateral movements, lateral movements, overhead mobility, flexibility, thoracic mobility, everything checks off, right? We're doing all the right things. And maybe a couple items here or there are lacking, but overall structurally sound. I need to create adaptation. We need to grow. We need to get better. So if we keep on doing the same things over and over and over again, they're not going to improve. So I need to educate my client. This is how we need to, this is our next step. And my steps are always body weight. Then we go, we go body weight. Then we go dumbbell, kettlebell, barbell. And then within barbell, I go, our, our linear movements are squat, bench, and deadlift. And then I can start including like rowing and very like variations or accessories. I, I call them accessories. Variations are of this specific movement. So a pause squat with a barbell, a front squat, a, um, let's say a pin squat. All those are, are variations. And then an accessory would be a Bulgarian split squat, right? Still squat, uh, just no longer, it's to help support the overall movement of the squat. Um, I don't see a lot of value in like, I man, unless you just really want to, I want to want to get a great Bulgarian. Okay, well, let's do all these other things and we'll focus on this thing. But my focus is these three fundamental movements here. Um, we have four, right? A, a squat, a hinge, a push, and a pull. So those are my focus. So my squat, my bench, and my deadlift are my my core lifts. And then off of those, I have variations that allow those lifts to move well. And then I have accessories that surround the individual tissues or the maybe the mechanics of that movement that allow for that movement to exist in its best form. And then I have my weightlifting uh, movements. So my clean, my clean, and my... My clean, my jerk, and my uh, snatch. And I can kind of incorporate these very early on, just not with a barbell, with my kettlebells and my dumbbells, right? So I can still be very dynamic. Um, and usually we don't ever want to like leave any of these things, right? That's another point. It's not like I'm only going to do barbell work now because I've, I've graduated out of dumbbell work. No, we're going to include dumbbell work as a constant maintenance item or a constant adaptation atom that we're and maybe i just like to do overhead press with dumbbells great i don't like overhead press with barbell great are you competing in that movement no so then let's do it with the dumbbells what's going to allow you what's going to motivate you to come back every single day is it going to be oh, man i really want to get to 50s on that overhead press great you know 50 or 50s with the dumbbells 50 in each hand great that's your thing you could give two shits if it's the barbell. You just don't like the way it feels in your hands. I don't know. It doesn't really matter, right? But are, is my is my movement going well? Does it look appropriate? Is there any instability? Are there any faults in the movement? No? <coughs> Excuse me. Then you're doing great. Don't overthink it. I should have brought water with me. It's okay. We're getting close to wrapping up anyway. Okay. So. I think that's that right there. Yeah. Educate them. I think that's the best point. Um, and then I guess to educate, you need to be educated. So go read some stuff. Uh, go listen to some podcasts. I like Andrew Huberman's stuff. Quite a bit. It doesn't really talk about like the barbell movements really uh, and how to incorporate them and when to incorporate them. But I think just overall science, right? Getting that, that terminology inside our head and understanding like what red light therapy does or like these other 
he's a neuroscientist, right? So all these things are going to deal with the brain. Um, and then all these internal items that are occurring. Uh, some of his guests sometimes, like I saw one that was a strength training individual that just wasn't like, there was nothing that was being discussed. Like there wasn't anything applicable. It was like, well, theoretically if, and that's a problem that I have with scientists. It's like, yes, theoretically, sure. Um, but how does this apply? If you're not going to tell me that's applying, then it works in a lab and it works on paper and then nowhere else. Congratulations. Help me out, right? Like how let's like let's push the industry and make the the society healthier, not confuse them with well maybe. Well, yeah, I understand that maybe in theoretically and maybe in 20 years we'll find out what exactly, you know, the entire process behind um I don't know, some, some, like dopamine, dopamine receptors are going to like what they're actually doing. And we still don't know so much about the body, but there's a lot that we have access to that gives us the ability to disseminate information, and create a healthier population. And we're not doing that. So let's do more of that. Cool. Great. All right. Um, so let's see. Cool. I think that's what else do we got? What else do we got? We talked about most of these things already, kind of in in mixed in between, which is good. In the coming year, I'll be doing the seventy five hard have already pretty much started with the reading, with the um, lack of alcohol, which I still have days where I drink, sure, but significantly less. And starting 75 hard. So for those that don't know what 75 hard is, it is 75 days of no alcohol, 10 pages of reading per day, a physical book it needs to be a physical book. Um, two workouts a day, two 45 minute workouts. One of them needs to be outside in the sun. This one I will make a variation to. I'm making some modifications to. I don't like it. Could I? Sure. But I work out. Usually for about Tuesdays and Thursdays are about three hours long. So do I really need to do another 45 minute workout at the end of the day in the sun? I don't think so. I think that's just, it's a lot of volume already. I don't want to add in another 45 minute workout at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day just to fit the Saturday five heart, right? I want to make it fit my life. Uh, I understand the reason what it's doing, creating new habits, um, and giving us a better realization of really what our bodies can do and what we as individuals can do. And I, I love that. I love that idea. What I don't like is that it's, it, you know, I don't think people talk about the ability for it to kind of navigate around your life. Um, so, you know, sure, I'll try to work out outside a little more. But I think just spending more time outside in the sun in the mornings was is going to be something that I like to do. And if I can also get a workout in, then great. But if it's a walk, it's a walk. And maybe that does constitute as a workout. Um, in my mind, I perceive workouts as like push-ups and squats and, and deadlifts and maybe more intense and that I shouldn't be thinking like that. But I, I haven't read the book, so I just know the the, the concepts. So I'm not going to do, be doing that very, very strictly at all. Uh, but I will work out every single day. Cool. Uh, with the occasional, most likely, one to two rest days a week. Again, that's a ridiculous amount of volume. If I'm lifting weights, for even if I'm just moving my body, like squats and push-ups and stuff like that, um, on my off days, I, I still think that's a lot of volume. Running, um, I just it seems almost difficult to recover from, especially for those that have never, like, let's say I'm going to start doing this all of a sudden because this is the way I want to kick off the year and I've never done it, like, really workouts before and never really understood how how to regulate volume and what my nutrition's like. And it's a lot to slam on my plate, you know, for anybody that's new to this game. That's a lot. 
So, you know, if you want to join me, then great. Make it fit your life, right? But the, the biggest things here are, you know, you're working out every single day, doing, getting some sort of movement. Uh, we're following a diet. And then, um, so I don't like the calorie restrict. Not a big fan. I think there's a, there's a really weird relationship with food that's easily, um, I think, can easily turn negative. I've had negative uh, um interactions with food and understanding how to, how to, you know, so I just don't like that. So the way I am or the way that I am following a diet is not super complicated, right? I need this to be something that's consistent for my life, not something that I'm doing for 75 days. So I am doing no alcohol for sure. The diet that I'm doing is going to just be Less refined sugars or no refined sugars. Doesn't seem that hard. 75 days. I really don't drink soda now. Um, I don't really get, I'm not really a big sweets guy. So it's not like a huge shift for me, but there's probably occasional times where I just don't need it, you know? So um, that's, that's what I'm going to be doing there. And then up, 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 up. Uh, so 10 days, two workouts, uh, no alcohol, uh, diet, and I think that's about it. So uh, if I missed anything, well, then I missed everything. So it, it is what it is. But um, we'll be doing that. I think that, the, the, again, the, the pros and cons of this guy, or the pro is that it's... Um, I think can can get us a better understanding of what we truly are capable of. That I like. Decreases overall information, right? The less alcohol, the less sugar for me personally. Um, being more conscious of what I'm doing. Oh, and uh, I think it's a gallon of water a day. Um, being more conscious of what I'm putting into my body. It's a reminder. It's a tool. And... I can use this tool appropriately to allow it for something that's not just going to be for 75 days, but that becomes part of my life. I, you know, after, cause I forget what the, like create a new habit, whatever we learn and whatever ago, it's like 30 or 21 days to break a habit or seven days to make a new one, something like that or the reverse. Either way, the, the idea is if I do this for two and a half months, that I've created some new habits that I can carry into the rest of my life. There's probably going to be things that I don't realize that I'm going to be including. Like, who am I spending time with? Am I going to be more intentional? What am I doing on my phone? Um, I think screen time is probably another one. Phones off after a certain time. You know, like, I think with any endeavor, we come into, we, we come faced with other very beautiful experiences that we get to to cherish that make our lives better so long as it's with good intent for the betterment of my life otherwise if i choose to do drugs then i'm probably going to be associated with other things that are not going to make my life better i'm going to learn some shit that's for sure but it's not making my life any better probably so there's that um yeah i'm looking forward to it I'm probably looking forward to the most to the alcohol piece. I have not gone 75 days and probably shoot, man, years, years, probably since I started drinking. So, um, this will be a challenge. That'll probably be the biggest challenge for me. And I'm excited to see what happens. If you stuck around this long, I appreciate it. I hope that you found some value. Hope you learned some stuff. Uh, if you did, please subscribe somewhere there. You here? Follow it. Do all do all the things. Um, give it a like. Make a comment. Let's create a community. Give it a follow. Uh, if you're in Las Vegas and you want to get some personal training, then you know you can find me on Instagram at Ben Nevares N E V A R E S, um, and send me a message. You know, we can get, we can get to training and 
Um, you know, there's some topics that we didn't get a whole lot into. Um, so if you'd like to learn about anything a little bit more in more detail, just add it to the comments, man. Send me a DM, all those good things, and we can go ahead and get stuff rolling uh, for you and the rest of the community. So there's a, there's a lot of a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge we can share. So I am happy to help you in your fitness journey and your journey of life and those around you, family, friends, all those good things. So please subscribe, share, like, uh, comment, all those other good things. Love you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Ben Nevados podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, and all other major podcast hosting platforms. Be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. 